1: The program. <laughs> <laughs> hi, um, so, hi, guys, hi, guys, and gals. My voice sounds like shit. I don't know if you've noticed, Kathleen. No,
2: you sound fine. Um,
1: I feel very, like, I feel very Beatrice Arthur, as one might say.
2: Oh, you sound Um, lovely. At least you don't sound like you're on a telephone from the 1980s, because that's what I'm going to sound like on this episode. Hey, what's up?
1: Ring, ring, who's there? Fabulosity. (laughs) Hey. I mean
2: if we're going to talk 19- B. to there we might as well talk Miami 1980s on the lanai. <laughs> exactly.
1: I just spent the last 3 days screaming over really loud music to um store um you know store employees. So that was fun. Oh. <laughs> uh, in Colorado where the air is already thin and you you know. Oh, are you feeling punchy? I'm A little like, punchy I still. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, sorry. I wasn't even in Colorado. I was in Keystone, which is even higher elevation, oh, thinner air. Geez. They actually sell cans of oxygen in the hotel. Oh, my gosh. So,
2: like, you legit could have lost some brain cells <laughs> pretty, this time. Pretty, much, okay. pretty much,
1: yeah. <laughs> so... But we're back again. It's, it's all back again, <laughs> Hey,
2: hey, hey!
1: This is the podcast that celebrates all the glitz and glamour of Tinseltown's golden era.
2: That's right.
1: I am Philip Estrada.
2: I'm Kathleen Nall.
1: And um, golly gee, we have such an episode tonight. Yeah. We are talking about one—a date with Judy from 1948. Woo, woo very excited mm-hmm. um this was actually a, f- a recommendation from our fans over on facebook yes um, yes and,
2: and thanks to the lovely spreadsheet of data provided by my sister monica on the, on the podcast page this was the most requested movie which was pretty awesome so yes. um we wanted to work on uh, order of priorities <laughs> yes,
1: exactly <laughs> um so um let me see do to do i had i had myself so organized but then this is the one thing that i didn't write
2: down. oh girl i got two laptops mm-hmm. up right now i'm a hot mess it's A
0: hot
1: mess. <laughs> a hot, we are doing this hot, stinking <laughs> mess um okay i can definitely pull that i can definitely trim this part down oh but... and
2: no internet did i say i have no internet it's you don't like have camping internet? <laughs> not right now tomorrow tomorrow okay. i'll have it i get you right. know <laughs> so
1: this was a recommendation from one of our pals over on OHR Podcast, darlings. What's that, you ask? Why, it's a Facebook group that's um for all the listeners and fans of the podcast. So that's right. You, um Miss Kristen Fredrickson actually recommended this movie. So we're very Woo-hoo! excited to talk about it. A Date with Judy from 1948 from MGM. Um, we got Wallace Beery as Mel um, Mr. Foster, Jane Powell as Judy Foster, Elizabeth Taylor as Carol Pringle, Carmen Miranda as Rosita Conchella, Conchelas, um, Xavier Cuga as himself, um Robert Stack as a Stephen Andrews. Heyo! <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah! Um,
1: Selena Royal as Mrs. Foster, Leon Ames as Mr. Pier- Pringle, Clinton uh, Sunderberg as Jameson the Butler. Uh, George Cleveland as Gramps, the soda um, the soda fountain owner, and oh sorry, Gramps is the grandpa, sorry,
0: mm-hmm. uh, and then
1: Lloyd Corrigan is Pop, who is the soda um, fountain owner. The director of this film is Mister Roger Richard Thorpe. The director
0: of this film
1: is Richard Thorpe.
2: Once more with feeling. I know, and the costumes
1: are designed by Miss Helen Rose, who designed all of the women's gowns. So Kathleen, tell me your history with this film. Tell me your tell me your thoughts. L- bring us into your world.
2: Well, dude, this actually, I this is the first this is the first uh i've ever really had heard of or seen this movie and again it was thanks to our ohr listeners um um because again it was it was suggested and then i guess second and thirded and mm-hmm. uh so i really um thank you um this was really great i i'm I, as af- after I saw the movie, I realized the only thing I probably know from this movie is the costume still of uh, Elizabeth Taylor in her cute little like uh, like top with a full skirt with the pockets, and she's kind of standing there, like um, it's on the IMDb, and we'll probably have it on our Pinterest page. Okay. It's kind of an iconic, cute little pose, and I just I think I probably remember seeing that from when. I was a lot younger and I remember, cause I remember I was thinking like, oh, that's Liz Taylor when she was a teenager. Right. And so, and I remember it also too, cause it was, I was like, oh, and that skirt has pockets and it's really cute. I'm feeling it. So like, <laughs> <laughs> it was, as you know, so, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's all I know about this movie, but I, I actually, I really, really loved it. What about you?
1: I, well, first of all, we should never not be watching, Carmen Miranda movies. We should be watching oh, Carmen Miranda right. movies on a loop for twenty-four seven to Pretty hour. Twenty-four-seven. And just every goddamn day with Carmen Miranda. Yes. I hadn't watched a movie in a very long time with her on it. And I was just like, oh my God, what have we done with ourselves? But yes. with that being said, um, this movie, I had not seen this movie before. And, um, so when Kristen uh, recommended it and everyone was super excited about it, I, um, we, you know, had to watch it and it's really adorable, actually quite, Mm -hmm. quite cute. And, um, all the, you know, the fact that they're like 16, but everybody's, um, all the guys who are 16 years old are wearing double breasted suits. It was kind of interesting.
2: And (laughs) they're like, like, (laughs) and you can tell they're kitted up in like full, like, like like all the underwear, like full shapewear. And they look radiant the women in this movie all the ladies look amazing and we've got we've got the classic trio mgm trio (laughs) because we've got helen rose jack don and sydney gileroff because we've got jack don on makeup and sydney on the hair and it is finery we have mgm binary right now and it is absolutely gorgeous
1: and I love that it's like high school via MGM totally so like yes the most right? glamorous high school you've ever
2: seen I in never your had life. these problems yes. first of all boy problems like yeah. I mean Judy's problems I really do not relate to in <laughs> any way shape, or form. But it's Jane Powell, and she's fucking adorable. Oh, my God, yes. And so likable. She has an almost, I know this sounds weird, but almost like a Dolly Parton quality to her, even though she's not country, I know. But, like, Mm -hmm. she has this, she's such, like, the sort of, like, the likable, adorable blonde that kind of, I don't know, like, there's not a lot to hate in her. She's pretty cool, and she's got the great great voice, even when she's, like... You know, she's sort of being like the petulant teenager. just like, look at you. Look I at know. you. You're so cute. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, and so, so this one is actually seven years earlier than um, Seven Brights for Seven Brides.
2: Oh, I know. Oh, so. what, which is one of our original episodes. Yeah. And, and we really went and talked about her. She's a Portland girl, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, a shout out to uh, another a girl from the Pacific Northwest who, um, like many other girls from her time, was brought out to Hollywood by mommy um, during mm-hmm. the 30s to try to be the next Shirley Temple. Yeah. And, um, but she, you know, she's part of sort of the, the teenagers of MGM and it's really interesting. And was sort of like her and Catherine Grayson were sort of like neck and neck for being, you know, the warble singers of the late forties. Yeah. She and does. Um,
1: she's got that soprano. <laughs> she
2: does, but you know, she's amazing. And mm-hmm. she's so pl- like plucky. Yes. I mean, even when she does, like when they do the whole like corny side song, it's like, you're just like, <laughs> look at you, look yeah. at you. You are so cute. <laughs> Well, Let me pinch your cheeks.
1: I'm so cute. <laughs> I just there is so much to love about this. Movie. Oh, like, so, so much, much. to I, love. My favorite. Yeah. I, st- I mean, not to go back to it, but I'm still. I'm never gonna get over teenagers, teenage boys with who have not. Who have not lifted a single weight in their entire lives, nope. wearing double-breasted suits? They're like, oh yeah, and they're 95 pounds soaking wet, wearing a double-breasted suit that's just like swinging around on them. It's so well, it's big, that Frank Sinatra, like Sinatra look, dude. So like Frank, like
2: Frank Sinatra bats. was like that swimming in his double-breasted <laughs> yes, suit. and know? that's exactly and what the they look. did. So yeah. good. Um, Well, yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's that classic men's suit of the 40s where you just everything hangs off you like like you're a human hanger, you know, mm -hmm. like they pad up those shoulders and just let everything hang and clean lines.
1: (laughs) I think that that's actually like a really good point to make about the um, about Frank Sinatra, because all the young kids were wearing all the young boys. Oh, this was big. And then the older guys were wearing them more, more fitted. And so they were Mm a little bit more that and And this is this is kind of when sinatra was
2: doing his like teenage like thing right now like like people like like the panties were about to drop for sinatra (laughs) in the like 48 you know what i mean like this is like bobby Soxers were kind of coming on like the idea of like a teenager having an identity as a teenager i feel like was is such a post-war uh like thing that happened that now is like Oh my God, like we're now it's this thing we capitalize on forever and a day. You know, it's like, how can we all reclaim and be a teenager at any point in our lives? But back then they were like, huh, well, why don't we let these. teenagers (laughs) teenagers <laughs> listen to their music and have some free time you know and yes little I mean, did we know and, we can make a lot of money off damn teenagers
1: and okay. it works because this movie yep. was really this movie was wildly successful i mean wildly line, which is yep. great yeah um uh and also it i was reading too this was actually a film adaptation of a long-running radio series of the mm-hmm. same name that ran from 41 to 49 and then it was also then made into a tv show from 51 to 53 and it yeah um, as I was saying, it made um, a one and a half million dollar profit for 1948, which is not too shabby. Yeah,
2: no. And and I think that this is one of those movies, too, that was like um, in the kind of the early days of TV when it, like TV was starting to be in every household. Mm-hmm. Um, this was one of those movies that was was on broadcast like in the late 50s and early 60s. So this would have been seen by. Um, like girls, young girls, or kids really growing up in the 50s and stuff and sort of as a mainstay, sort of like a teen movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was long before it was even in Technicolor. And so oh, I right. can see where probably even like boomers who were probably born around the time of this movie being made would have seen it and maybe even identified with it a bit more as they were kind of going into their young teenage years, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, but and, I mean, oh my God, the looks... I mean, the and, looks well.
1: Also, too, to consider about the because of the looks that um I was reading as well that since this was te- this one was when this was the period when they gave Elizabeth Taylor the full MGM glamour mm-hmm. treatment too. So this was her yep. first movie as a as a you know what's as coming a, out as a sort of. So she's yeah. no longer a child star in quotes. She's now like an actual MGM star. Mm-hmm. So they gave her and um um. Uh, I keep wanting to call her Catherine Grayson. Jane uh, Powell. Jane Powell. So, <laughs> so they gave her and Jane Powell the full treatment and that's why yep. Helen Rose made all of their costumes and everything yep. like that. So that's why yeah. everything looks impeccable on them. Like, Oh I my mean, God,
2: impeccable. And that- you know what's so weird too? Like you were saying about Liz Taylor, like this was her coming out. You guys, she was 16 years old yes. in this movie
1: Catherine Grayson was 16 she said it again and
2: Jane no Jane was 20
1: yeah Jane was but 20 but
2: they're both supposed to play 16 year olds and mm-hmm. it's interesting because you look at Liz Taylor and you're just like she looks like she the just older one like, you, you know, know but she and she's smoldering but also too mm-hmm. you're just like but it's, like, weird because I'm 40, so I'm like, you're smoldering, but you're obviously so young, so it's really yeah. weird. I'm like, I can't be like, yes, because I'm, like, 16. You know, like, it's just weird.
0: <laughs> it is. She just,
1: you she know, I've got to be that age where I'm a... like, I
2: could have
0: a daughter like you. <laughs> like, but just... it's so funny because, like,
1: she, she's smoldering, too, but there's, like... <laughs> There, you can definitely tell because when she she does, looks uneasy.
2: Very, yeah, and in the very <laughs> yeah.
1: first scene where they're at the the um at the um the school and they're doing uh they're doing the the musical number and then she's like you know just slow it down and play with the scarf and she's playing with the scarf while yeah. she's singing which is clearly dubbed and yeah. while she's playing with the scarf right and I was watching it with my friend and I was like she looks like she's having a manic episode like yeah. she looks like she's she about to she poor doesn't thing. know how to move but she doesn't I mean,
2: know it. She, 16 you guys I know. And like, be sexy and she's like I'm 16 Yeah, <laughs> and she's
1: just like stretching oh, the girl. scarf and she looks like I she's about you. to murder somebody with that scarf it was oh, so weird poor like, thing she just doesn't know how to move. she's just not no. you can tell she's not in her body yet yeah. she's not, she will definitely I mean she will not come to know her body as we okay. know from other films and she films. does
2: amazing work later on yes. as we all know but still um, oh. this
1: one you can just tell that she's clearly a girl who is who is sixteen and has sort of like grown up fast mm-hmm. through bit, just her physicality has grown up fast, so she's catching up to it, and it's yeah such an interesting watch, and I just love that like um Judy is, you know, she's just like sixteen and she acts sixteen even though she's yeah. actually twenty. Like the the actress mm-hmm. actress is twenty, but she still has a little bit of that youthful z- zip and zazz, you know. She's just yeah. like she's just still a girl, you know, like a young. Well,
2: girl. and I think I think Jane- powell just naturally has that because even as, as she got older she has that almost like um i would say even more than like doris day because doris day can sometimes smolder too but i feel like jane powell to me is just pure like she's just always so wholesome like and mm-hmm. kind of pure and plucky and there's it's, it's almost like you know she's zero, the little sister you yeah, know she's and it's like zero
1: yeah. sex appeal she's not and, and, that's, I and i don't think that is that an
2: insult right like that's not to be insulting if anything I feel like she's that non, she's a non-intimidating blonde. Like she's the one she's like, oh my God, you're like the girl who's actually really nice. You're yeah. like the girl who's actually like, you're really cute, but you're and like pretty, but you're actually really like nice too. You're not an ass, you know? And it's like, there's something very approachable again, that sort of, I guess the true like girl next door, I would mm-hmm. think is maybe yeah. what that like in the positive, that positive way. But yeah, Liz Taylor, she's she's definitely has that other quality to her. And I guess now, again, as like, I can see where that could be very, you know, iconic and inspiring. But to me also, like, to me, I'm just like, oh, honey. Oh, Oh, it's I I think of like the stories of from like my mother and my grandmother of that whole like, Oh, I looked a lot older than I was. And they just sort of leave it at that. And now yeah. that I'm older, I'm like, ooh, I kinda know what that meant. You know, yeah. like it's and I feel like the poor thing, like like she's and I'm sure other girls like her, you know, it's just that, ooh, I can feel it. I can feel this is happening. But at the but at the same time, on a positive note, she looks absolutely radiant. Oh the, the like, makeup that they do on her with the blush and the like uh, oh my goodness and it's and the not full
1: Technicolor purple it's beautiful all no.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh even Lavender. when she's doing that like there's not a lot yeah and it but it doesn't look uh hoary i guess on her it looks well, really cute yeah. i mean she looks very uh disney cartoon like and i love mm-hmm. it you know
1: exactly yeah
2: but um, but even Karma right. Miranda too Like her makeup oh, me, well, And her we, Oh the rest that of this face episode is, The rest of oh my this god. episode Is just gonna oh be Oh my god I can't I, Can we just call it Carmen Miranda Saves everybody Because that's What it should be Carmen like, Miranda Saves all the relationships uh, First <laughs> of all
1: When she came on screen uh, I what? plots straight up <laughs> plots I she oh walked on screen with that motherfucking hat mm. that hat which mm. I was I was I was watching it alone in my bed I like I was in bed and I was just like settled in she, they she came in the door and I was like oh my god like we're like, we gonna need out, a
2: drink right out now loud, we out loud out moment? loud to myself
1: it was <laughs> wow. heaven heaven she is uh. I can't even I can't even her eyes I am so her obsessed eyes? with her. I'm so she's, obsessed with her.
2: Her like her she again looks like a cartoon, like, she does. like something that like like the inspiration for Disney cartoons. And she, and she's so beautiful. She just looks oh, like an absolute really little pinup doll. Gorgeous. You know? I
1: think she's really beautiful. gorgeous. Beautiful. Like Man. what a
2: face. Oh my Man. god. Man. Like and, she's radiant. Again, radiant is the word for the women in this movie. Mm-hmm. They're just they exactly. glow, they just come off the screen. All of them do. And you know what's really cool? None of them really fight. They're all cool by the end. Like, everybody's yeah. cool. You know? Yeah. Like, like Although I Although, you got to say like,
1: that uh, Elizabeth Taylor's character is a little bit manipulative and kind she of. Is, is. Like, she is. She is. But, especially she, but to Judy, you but know like, where she
2: comes from. They make yes. that very clear. They do, like, this
1: girl was made. They do give her some backstory and they. They so do. Yeah, so that's good they so give her depth like and she plays it with
2: depth exactly <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly yeah. and you get the idea that like probably someone like her hers like in the end she's like a girl who else is gonna be friends with me you know it's like <laughs>
0: you know
2: <laughs> and these are the kind of people I think of the people who went to my grandmother's funeral and I'm just like oh you guys are Carol and Judy's like <laughs> thick and thin through yeah. everything <laughs> like you know and it's just really cool I yeah. mean I don't know I, I thought could- they were great (laughs) yeah i
1: just could not get over every time carmen miranda was on screen i I, sat up oh my god and then okay first i mean we we can i don't know if we should get to it now or if we should save it for later but there's that that reveal that carmen miranda does Uh, yes oh my god
2: can we, I can't even. We need like, to make a gif of this for our Pinterest.
1: I, 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 yeah, <laughs> it's not even a big reveal. It's just no, that okay. First of it all, it's during it's during the scene where she's teaching him. She's te- it's the final lesson of the rumba to the father, uh, to Mr. Foster, and so mm-hmm. then she's wearing a jacket during the during the during the lesson. Do 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 do, do You know, doing her thing, right? Then mm-hmm. she takes him to go see Xavier Cougat, and she's like, oh, I'm just gonna practice my little number. You go sit over there. She takes off the jacket, and she has a fully. <laughs> Sequin blouse underneath it she's been wearing a full sequin blouse All under day. that jacket just hiding that under a bushel just <laughs> waiting to pee, just waiting to just bust it out this is why i loved carmen moraine I, I mean come straight on. up was like oh my god when she took that jacket off and again by myself watching this alone in a darkened room like this is how insane i am for this movie like can't even <laughs> can't even
2: I would like to say that as an inspiration, I, you inspired me to do something at work yesterday. I had a fitting. I had to fit two things. And since it was a small fitting, we didn't get like a live model in. I was just going to like fit it on the dress form with like, mm-hmm. and my boss was there. We actually had um, the head of tech design from like our Asia offices. That he's visiting right now. So we were fitting. So I was, like, okay, so I'm kind of like, again when you I'm on stage, right? Like I got to fit shit. I got my, I got the designer there. And we, 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 so what I did was since I only had, I had to fit a a shirt, a woven like button up shirt and like a jacket, like a little like bomber jacket. So I was like, I'm gonna layer these on So I put the ja- I put the shirt on And then I put the jacket on And so I wheeled the dress form in there And we did the jacket and everything We talked about everything I would give a recap And then I was like Zip reveal And
0: everybody's like Oh shit and even
2: and even our like the guy the head of tech design for me like it he's uh, from he's from Hong Kong he was like I love this I love what you did right here I love
0: this and, and
2: my and my money my boss is like and that's why I hired her
1: and then you just whisper Carmen Miranda I know, right well I
2: was like well I am a big fan of share because I actually was thinking of Cher in the moment I was like how could I and then I was like how could I but also how can I make my job easier if I make it a reveal and we can just peel off the things I need to fit as we go. (laughs) So, I so, yeah. It. I absolutely <laughs> love it. But
1: I just like—I mean—that is like for me—is like it's just the idea of doing like that's honestly that's some straight-up Helen Rose stuff. Oh yeah, she's just for like, sure. Of course, she's gonna be wearing this. Like that's she's in one scene. How is she gonna be fabulous performing a number? Well, just oh put it yeah, underneath the jacket. Yeah. I mean, that's just. Oh, and let's face
2: it, Helen Rose. Uh, she knew her way around a beaded bodice and some chiffon. Okay, oh, like yeah. that was kind of her signature thing. Yes. She, she was the I mean, she did some iconic looks for weddings back in the day. Yes she did. Um but yeah, it was, it was, uh, actually Elizabeth Taylor's wedding, yep. uh, there's Grace Kelly, she yep. did uh, her, you know, who became um uh, oh my gosh! Princess of the, Monaco. The princess. Yeah. I was gonna say the Duchess. I'm like, the the Duchess. The <laughs> Princess of Monaco. Uh, Debbie Reynolds and Jane Powell, and we all know all those marriages were great and worked out
0: wonderfully. <laughs> Sorry, that's
2: a shady moment. Okay. From,
1: from hey, me, uh, me and Helen Rose. I have a. I've made two wedding <laughs> gowns, and I have a 100% divorce rate. So yeah, what are you do? <laughs> it's, it happens.
0: But you know, wah, wah. I I've
2: always been a big fan of Helen Rose. Like she oh, basically is... started. She she started at 15 designing clothes. Okay. Like this yeah. chick has been working her whole life. Yeah. She was at MGM for over 20 years. She is not somebody like we may not know her as an Adrian, but she's out mm-hmm. there. She's definitely there. You know up what there. I
1: think? I think what really people don't realize is that she kind of was the one that pioneered that sort of like late, like she was the one that sort of um skyrocketed that 50s aesthetic of that sort of like, oh, 100%. You know, that like, we, we talk about pretty, Dior. We talk like, about Dior doing yeah. the new
2: look. Mm-mm. Helen well, Rose made it, she, w- re- like, brought it to Hollywood. I exactly. Think, in some ways. And she, yeah.
1: But then she also made it more approachable because the she French aesthetic, it. the French aesthetic mm-hmm. is so harsh. and got, yes. I mean, It's gorgeous, but it's, like, so, like.
2: Well, she know, smattered French. it with whimsy she, is exactly. what she did because but I that's think, what and we, that's, we do. And
1: that's the thing, though, is, is now that when we think of the 50s, especially the early 50s with Bobby Soxers and all of that stuff, yep. and, you know, just the bigger, fuller skirts and the petticoats and all of that, It's it's the Helen Rose look. Like mm-hmm. it really is. That's what that's what we're thinking of. You yep, know? and we're she it really mm-hmm. she she has got some chops. She's doing them teenagers like no, morning. it well, was yeah. it was
2: floaty and youthful and um and again it's just um I feel like she took this aesthetic that really I mean. Christian Dior did it, you know, it's sort of like, it was a sort of an aesthetic sort of, I don't want to say created, but kind of brought back by a man. But I feel like with uh, like her sort of touch and aesthetic, like softened it a bit, gave some practicality to Mm -hmm. it again, with my pockets and shit. And like also just gave it that American sort of look where it it, it kind of reminds me of like Claire McArdle again, like that you have this um, kind of a slight practicality to it, but also just very charming Um, But again, beautiful marriage of costumes and makeup and beautiful hair. Mm -hmm. Liz Taylor's hair and Jane Powell, like the hair told the story of Mm -hmm. their characters so well, even when they put those little... Like bitsy bows in Jane in, in um, Judy's hair, you know, and they matched her dress. And... <laughs> bitsy
1: bows, but, but they needs, were they were so. I'm whoopsie. gonna start saying no. that it needs more bitsy bows. I need some
2: bitsy bows in I'm stopping the look. Yeah, do you got any yeah.
1: bitsy bows?
2: Like, not, <laughs> they're not, bitsy. They're like
1: regular bows, but they're bitsy. But You're not like, woopsy, not whoopsie, <laughs> no, but just whoopsie. bitsy. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't have any of those. Okay, I'm just gonna. I'm
0: moving here. on. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha Oh my! But, um,
2: but yeah, no, I I don't know. It, I I I loved it, and um and I love her style. and uh, yeah, and Helen Rose is totally in the gowns 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 yes, <laughs> genre. she really was because that was her jam, dude. Yeah, that was and her jam. I mean
1: she was killing it with what um with Carmen Miranda was wearing too. So oh, really, I mean just... crushing
2: it, and the hair. I love how because <sighs> she had like the side perched hat with the hair that was like basically the fullness was on the other side to mm-hmm. balance the hat. I mean, you know, especially. Like in the end, I'm like I'm I'm like studying the way she's got her whole updo is like askew, but then her hat it, it balances her hat perfectly. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then she it, had uh, at yes. the
1: end number she had the beaded tassels coming the beaded. out of there. Uh,
2: tassels, darling. <laughs> and those shoes.
1: The shoes. shoes. Every scene they saw I saw the shoes with the platforms mm-hmm. and I was like, Jace, please. <laughs> I was like, give me more of those, please. <laughs> and we should
2: we should probably talk about our running joke about Karma Miranda shoes, which stems from the Kenneth Anger book, uh, the Hollywood Babylon book, uh, uh, which I don't know if anyone else has been listening to You Must Remember This or following along about how sort of the fake news and um, a lot of those stories are basically essentially not true. And one of them was uh, Carmen Miranda allegedly uh, w- was super into cocaine and would keep the uh, her cocaine in hide it in the platform or in the wedges of her shoes. Which, and of course, as a technical designer, I'm like, I am fascinated. (laughs) And so that always stuck out in my mind. And I remember at one point... Her nickname was Carmen Mar- Carmen, I keep my coke in my shoes Miranda I
1: keep my coke in my shoes I
2: keep my coke in my shoes, <laughs> my in my shoes. <laughs> so
0: good. which we all know
2: now is com- probably complete bullshit yeah, but wouldn't bullshit. that be hilarious though? I mean yeah. if like I was like so what do you do you like swing the platform open to one side and there's like a crevice that seemed just, very
1: much that seemed more I like a know. liability than anything this
2: <laughs> seems problematic
1: yeah I mean with I'm all like, the dancing anything, she did yeah. I just
2: don't I'm not seeing it
1: I'm like if she did keep Keep her cocaine? anything. It was probably her purse because she's a goddamn yeah. woman. Like, I she's know, like right? I'm a grown woman, I got my cocaine right here. I'll get where, out in my your ass. bra where we keep everything
2: else. <laughs> yes. Come on.
1: So back up <laughs> off me. I'm doing a bump.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me. I'm making you all money. <laughs> yeah.
1: She's like, why do you think my eyes are this big?
0: <sighs> okay. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs>
1: Oh goodness! Wow. <laughs> and we're out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, before we get into the story, I did want to like point out some of the, the some of the actors in this movie. Actually, for sure. Because so, there was a couple of friend, uh, familiar faces, and I was like, "Where did these people? Like, why do I know them?" Well, I mean, clearly Jane Powell, we know her from some Brides for Seven Brothers*. But Wallace Beery, who plays her father, Mister Foster, um, is most famous for playing Gene Harlow's husband at dinner at eight oh that's right yeah so that's why i I was like that's where i know him from um and of course he plays opposite her when she has the most my most iconic line from that movie is when he yells at her and she's doing her makeup and she turns around and she says i told you a thousand times um don't talk to me while i'm doing my lashes
2: <laughs> so. oh, I was thinking I hear, I read a book the other day. <laughs>
1: yeah, that was good. <laughs>
0: that was
1: real. that that movie has got some good one-liners. Can't wait to podcast that one. Oh, so, yes. uh apparently he um he appeared in over 250 films during his 36-year career Jeez. and while he, and he um in 1932 two he was signed to MGM with a contract that Contained a clause ensuring that he would be paid $1 more than any other player at the studio, making him the highest playered wow. actor during his tenure. Um, he also married a 17-year-old Gloria Swanson in what? the March of 1916, and then she filed divorce for the next year. <laughs> uh, wow. And uh, he did end up dying the next uh, in 1949, the year after this movie came out, and it was his second-to-last film
0: and wow. then you might
1: recognize mr pringle which i did and was like where do i know him from he's leon ames and he played the father alonzo smith in meet me in st louis in 1944
2: that's right i was like yep. where do i know this guy and he's not walt disney because he, he, I know, he could totally very does. disney aesthetic yes <laughs> And I'm not mad at that. He also has
1: the most glorious head of hair.
2: Glorious (laughs) head of hair. Oh, my God. Silver Fox, for real.
1: And if I find out that that's a a very very convincing toupee, I'm going to just cry myself to sleep. Um, (laughs) I don't know why. Not back
2: then, I don't think. I wouldn't think.
1: But anywho. But um, then again,
2: he probably is only like 37. Sort of like the chick who plays uh, the the wife. Because I did some light math, and I was like, hold up. Well, first of all, like she's, I guess the actress was 40 or around 40, 44, 44. but she plays a 37 year old who got married Mm -hmm. at 17 and I'm 40 and I was like, Oh, I feel really good about myself right
1: now. Both of the parents look really old for their age. Just, wow. Just, you know, when we... you do the math, you're like, wow, you guys did some hard living.
2: Yeah, you did you seen some shit. Because yeah. good lord. I mean, you're um, put together and you have a nice figure, but damn. Yeah. Like, what?
1: <laughs> so now the last person I want to talk to you about is Oogie. Which oh, good. first of all, can we just talk about how his name is Oogie? Like Yeah, I, like
2: I mean, that. I always was wondering how what kind of a nickname would Ogden have? And now yeah. I know.
1: Did I? I must have skipped over him when we talked about the cast because I don't remember saying Oogie. Anyway, so Scotty <laughs> Beckett, who played Oogie, um, A.K.A. Ogden, Fah, Ogden Pringle, Pringle. Uh, so he's actually most famous for um, starring in the Our Gang shorts as Spanky oh in 1934 and 1935. Yeah. Oh,
2: my God, I had no idea. Yeah,
1: I know. Actually, he's kind of an adorable little teenager. I'm like, he's so, so cute. He's actually told, really cute. I would have yeah. had a crush on him in high school like it was nobody's business. You know um, what? He
2: wore that 1940s suit really well, you know? Mm-hmm. like I mean, As well, well
1: as any 16-year-old could.
2: Well, c- <laughs> can I just say, um, who wouldn't have a crush on a 16-year-old from the ni- guy from the 1940s? I, they no, speak really right? well. Mm-hmm. They dress nice. Mm -hmm. i mean uh, there's a lot to like
1: (laughs) but he i mean well he's no Robert stack but okay whatever (laughs) well Well, he's not no i mean we'll get we haven't got to him yet (laughs) yeah so apparently um bummer um like a you know, a bummer summer for Scotty Beckett is is that his career kind of went to shit quickly after this film. Uh, he was arrested the same year as the movie came out for drunk driving. He was arrested again in '57 for trying to smuggle stimulant pills in from Mexico. '59, he was addressed agra- arrested again for drunk driving. Um, and later that year, he was addressed uh, why can't I say arrested for possession of benzodrine pills. Those charges were eventually dropped. Wow. And my friend did want to buy my, my friend who I watched the movie with john shout out to john hey john um we uh he was noting when I told him that he was arrested in nineteen fifty nine for drunk driving. Uh he pointed out that you have to be really drunk in nineteen fifty-nine to get pulled over for drunk driving.
2: Oh, oh yeah. And like I mean, that was back in the day where they'd pull you over, you could just write a check for it on the spot and keep driving. Yeah. You know? or they just be
1: like, hey, or pull speeding. it together yeah. and then send yeah. you along. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so to get arrested for drunk driving is a pretty big feat. So in nineteen sixty two he attempted uh, suicide by um by accepting of drinking, oh, and man. in May of '68, twenty years after the film, he sought medical attention after um, suffering a serious beating. Uh, he was found dead in his room two days later. He was 38 years old, and a note and pills were found. Jesus. But the coroner stated that the exact cause of death was unknown. Um, yeah, so oh
2: my God, so he was so crazy. young in this movie. Yeah,
1: so he was like a child star, and then he his after this movie. It, after this movie, his career kind of like didn't really take off the way that he was hoping it would yeah and so he just like kind of had a rough go of it Yeah. No, sorry to bring it down but
2: well r.i.p you know, know like Oogie. dude because honestly it's like i was saying about jane powell you know her mom brought her out to hollywood from portland to be another little shirley temple and they're all from that era of the like the the child star boon of Mm -hmm. the 1930s and i feel like you know they all were you know some made it out all right and some didn't and some kind of kind of made it out all right but really were never like looking back they're like yeah my parents shouldn't have done that with me you know as someone like a jane powell who wrote their memoirs and and a fabulous autobiography by the way uh i don't it's mine's all packed up monica gave me a copy of it that she found and um I was really hoping to kind of cite this, um, uh, uh, cite it for this movie, but I I wasn't able to find it in time, Um, has really, really great commentary about a lot of that. But I about so much that I didn't know, you know, and just uh, but just that whole scene of like, um, you know, I feel like we, we kind of talked about this in our Gypsy episode about like, but in the 20s and 30s, so many. Uh, which they're still doing today. but like you know, people bringing their kids out to Hollywood and using them as a source of income. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and unfortunately, um, he definitely was part of that. Um, you know, that was that was the reason why they have things like the Coogan Act and there's even other stuff they're trying to get in today so that these kids that are working their asses off and supporting their whole families have money later when they become legal adults because quite often what happens is they don't have shit. Yeah. And nobody nobody had their best interests nobody took care of them and you know back then it was even worse and uh so I'm again I'm not defending bad behavior but my god that's terrible um, you know yeah. and it, that just yeah
1: so yeah, that's how it goes
2: but he was he was really cute in this movie it and it's uh, this is a, a really cute little snapshot and yeah it's I guess it's funny I think this is a great movie in a sense that it, it's really good at making fun of itself it's like there's a song about being corny. There's a song yeah. about all that stuff, and it could easily be looked at as being really dumb. But I thought it was great. I thought they did Ooh, such yeah. a good job, and, um, and it was really, I'm yeah, it was very likable. And um, when are we going to talk about Robert Stack? Because I'm like ready to go. <laughs>
1: okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. On three. One, two, three. Robert Stack Unsolved mysteries.
2: Solve all the mysteries. Oh my God! What a man! And
1: while I was watching it, I had to totally was mystery science theatering the whole time. They're like oh. anything you say. He's like, would you say it's an unsolved mystery, Mr. Stack? <laughs> like, you, know, you can't find something. Do you think there's an unsolved mystery of it?
2: Oh man. He uh, was. He's a. Tall drink of water. I mean, <laughs> he great. Yeah. Smooth he... voice. Well, yeah. When he goes to the dad and he like gives him the lowdown of who he is, and I was just I like, Who does that? Nobody. Yeah.
1: Nobody. But can we talk about the first scene when he just turns around and he starts talking, and you're like, Oh, oh my, god. my god! You're like, I have to throw these <laughs> panties away.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, these are gone. These yeah. are trash. <laughs>
1: these are trash. <laughs> See you later, panties. <laughs>
2: Never needed you anyway. <laughs> yes.
1: Robert Stackton, did you? <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's
1: got that smoky voice. And this oh, my tar. God. What is going on? Oh, he can solve my mysteries any day.
2: <laughs> and, you know, he went on to play uh, Elliot Ness in this, like, in the Untouchables, in the, mm-hmm. the TV show series. Oh, I didn't realize so, that. Yeah, yeah. That's, and, that, and then that's actually, because I remember as a little kid watching... Um, yeah, uh, I think this isn't his name Elliot Ness? I think that's his name. The guy who was like later played by Kevin Costner in the Untouchables when they made a movie of it. But um, but yeah, remember, he he played it yeah. like on a uh, like in a TV show. So I think a lot of people like baby boomers and stuff had this association with him being this like gangster fighter, this oh, like, right. you know, the tough detective and everything. So I, that's, and that's probably what led to his gig on unsolved mysteries, which mm. I'm not mad at Cause he's kind of perfect. I and know. he set that bar so fucking high. I'm nobody's gonna nobody's ever going to do that. Nobody's it ever going to do that. Yeah.
1: Just, I mean, unsolved mysteries was one of my favorite things and mostly because they did ghost stories every once in a while. Oh yeah.
2: The, <laughs> the paranormal, I used to live for the, the paranormal, paranormal ones. ones. Those are great. Yeah. Or
1: the weird ones that, like nobody actually gets murdered or something they was just yep. like you know that one or it's like hit. aliens it's like yes. crop circles uh, and stuff oh, my God. oh the so, good. so good so
2: good oh, yeah. or like the religious ones were like oh the the statue talked to me you know yes. <laughs> it's, <laughs> crying. it's crying it's crying so, so yeah. good so God. good
1: i can't i can't wait i gotta dig back into
2: some episodes <sighs> well it's funny because I they have I think they have on Netflix or Hulu and I yeah. started we started watching them again and the ones that I used to be so into as a kid now I'm like oh that shit's fake because you know that was all pre-internet now yeah. the ones I'm super into are the ones where they're like oh you know like the unsolved like the unsolved crimes or murders yeah. and then I'm like immediately googling to see if it's been <laughs> solved some <laughs> of them haven't and I'm like you guys just let this go it's in season one it's on repeat no what
0: of this, mystery. this
2: was like 30 years ago we had. DNA now what the fuck you know yeah so it's great oh he's iconic iconic stuff. so good
1: oh my god um is there anything we wanted to talk about before we get into the story of this
2: one I think I think we've covered it I just wanted to make sure we really have a moment with Robert Stack because
1: we yes he, you know
2: he he, he deserves it He's yes. an American treasure.
1: He is, and apparently yeah, he also um, dated Judy Garland too for a little, really? like a hot second. Yeah. Oh my there's god. There's apparently like stories a story that. Well, he's an told. MGM boy, so yeah.
2: probably. Yeah. So,
1: um, I think there's like she was apparently super nice to him, and they uh, he went to a show with her one time where she performed for like the USO or something, and he tells a story about that. Oh my um, god. I can't find the source of it, so I don't really want to like get into it. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. I just yeah, because I uh. don't
1: know if it's you know.
2: He's just Internet class. Gossip, he's yeah. he's just cl- pure classy old Hollywood man. man. Just, he's right up there with like Paul Newman, as far as yes. I'm concerned. Just just class act.
1: Mm-hmm. We're gonna put him in the old, Put him right up there next to, right up next to. Um, can't remember his name ever because I'm always just thinking of his beautiful face. You know, all the daddies. He's in the daddy pantheon. Oh, Rod Taylor? <laughs> there you go. We'll put him next
2: to Rod Taylor. But Kirk Douglas, you could take a seat. You could yes. take all the seats in the back. Just saying.
1: Just saying. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, more to come on that developing story. <laughs> Read up
2: on the Natalie Woodness. I'm just telling um, you. Yeah.
1: Well, okay, so. A Date with Judy starring Robert Stack. Um, <laughs> so, um, I'm going to talk, talk about the story now. Uh, so in this movie, um, in the beginning of the movie, we're introduced to Santa Barbara in 1948 and all the people that live there. Um, we're introduced to the two families, the Pringles and the Fosters. Um, the Pringles are rich as fuck mm-hmm. and the pos- Fosters, they're doing just fine.
2: It's potato chip money.
1: Mm-hmm. Wait, who's got potato chip money? <laughs>
2: Angles, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Damn.
1: Didn't even put that together. And so those
2: regurgitated potato, pre-pressed potato, fake potato chips that <laughs> came about gonna, post-war. Uh, making them
1: gonna...
2: billions of dollars.
1: Billions of dollars. Um, yeah, I'm
2: not going to lie. Bar- it's our barbecue flavor. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Um, I think it also has something
1: <laughs> to do with the fact that he was a banker and he owned a radio station too.
2: Oh. Oh, right. Yeah, potato right. chips. Potato okay. chips. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So he's missed the Pringle guy. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so then we're introduced to the kids. So Judy Foster played by June Powell and Carol Pringle, Elizabeth Taylor, are BFFs question mark. They could also be frenemies. We're not entirely sure. They seem to be friends. Um, so they're putting the final touches on the high school dance where Carol's brother Ogden, AKA Oogie is the school's de facto band leader. And Judy is their go-to vocalist. Um, and, uh, Judy and Oogie are, um, going together. They're going steady. (laughs) They're an item. Um, you know, trading pins and what have you, but, you know, <laughs> what teenagers do in the forties. Um, so Carol, um, Carol exerts. Uh, so Carol, through suggestion and manipulation, um, because she's the HBC. Uh, that evening, Carol. Um, what am I? I'm. Uh, this is not making any sense. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote this in high altitude.
2: (laughs) Once more with feeling.
1: I know. Uh, So that evening of the dance, Carol, in an effort to flame Judy's desires for him, convinces Oogie to ditch picking up Carol and send one of the younger band members in his place. So furious with him, Judy breaks up with him. And then she sulks at Pop's soda counter. And Pop is played by Lloyd Corrigan, where she then eyes an older and hunky as fuck nephew named Stephen Andrews, played by Mr. Robert Stack.
2: Hey, uh,
1: she's immediately moist and convinces Pop to make him um, take her to the dance. Um, when she arrives, Oogie gets super jealous. Then Carol sends her on a mission to really, um, basically, to get her out of the way from and leave Stephen's arm free for her. So Judy ends up waiting for Xavier Cugat's arrival. And um, this is when Carol starts to sink her claws into the new man me on town. Um, <laughs> I do want to point out we never are really entirely sure why Xavier Cougat is coming to a high school dance. That mm-hmm. will forever remain an unsolved mystery.
2: Maybe um, it's like, maybe it's like, because it's Santa Barbara, it's like rich, rich people. As I it's said like... it's an
1: unsolved mystery Nash. Uh, Kathleen, just leave oh, it Oh, oh that, Sorry.
2: All right.
0: <laughs>
1: So uh, later Steven takes Judy home and then she plants a wet one on him while Oogie is in the bushes being a full on creep and then um, later on back at Casa del Pringle, Carol and Oogie discuss his love woes and then this is where they establish why Carol seems so cold hearted and then also how much Oogie is in love with Judy. So the next day Carol meets up with Steven at the soda counter to try and seduce him. Uh, He seems mildly interested in her and then Judy shows up later and foils her plan. So Carol tr- covers her tracks by telling Judy that she's um actually convinced her father to build a radio show around her and Oogie um that Mr. Foster will have to sponsor. So the next day at Mr. Foster's office, a vision in a pink feathered hat named Rosita Conchaes, played by Carmen Miranda, <laughs> arrives to teach him how to rumba. it gets real. I know. You guys are real pink feathered hat um (laughs) and then this is a this is a surprise that he wants to give his fam um his family at his 20th um, wedding anniversary because he's he's very because his wife has been dying to get him to rumba so judy shows up and um basically begs for sponsorship forcing then this forces mr um mr foster to hide rosita in the closet um, that evening, Carol is prepping for a romantic dinner at her place with Steven, but, she, but he shows up with Judy. Carol calls and tells Oogie that he needs to get home in order to make up with her fast. So, he hightails it over there. Judy is not in the mood to see him, but Carol tries to smooth things over by encouraging them to rehearse a musical number. Um, afterward, Carol takes Steven outside to leave Judy and Oogie to discuss their future. Uh, things don't go well with them, and they argue, ending in Judy tripping and accusing him of pushing her. Meanwhile, out on the lanai, Stephen <laughs> negs Carol like a true bro, um, which angers Carol, and then she storms upstairs to be with Judy. So Stephen leaves um, after he discusses women with Oogie, and then upstairs the girls complain about toxic masculinity, and then Carol mentions how men tend to go nuts during middle age. Foreshadowing um uh, judy <laughs> judy goes home and talks to her father about how she's in love with Stephen. mr foster is rightfully concerned because of how much older he is because his age is an unsolved mystery and mr <laughs> foster <laughs> agrees i'm not done with these unsolved mystery jokes captain so buckle up
2: all right thoroughly <laughs> <So>. buckle
1: <laughs> click click bitch um <laughs> Mr. Foster agrees to sponsor the radio show in order to keep her from running off and doing anything crazy just yet. So, the next day, Carol has breakfast with her distracted father, um, and it is revealed through the butler that she's in love with Stephen. So, Mr. Pringle, <laughs> Mr. Pringle, <laughs> just now that she said the potato chip thing, I can't not can't, think about can't Mr. Un-see. Can't, and can't unsee, not, can't unsee, and he does have a mustache <laughs> in the movie. I'm just saying. <laughs> It goes all the way to the top, Kathleen. <laughs> oh,
2: another mystery. <laughs>
1: another unsolved mystery. Uh, so, uh, Pringle sends his butler to gather intel on um, this new this new boy that Carol's in love with. So over at the Fosters, Judy realizes that her father has started to wearing un unca- uh, started wearing uncharacteristically loud ties. Um, you know, and she was beginning to think it's middle aged behavior. So. <laughs> Judy and Oogie go to his office to discuss the contracts um, during his dance lesson. Rosita hides in the closet, but Judy notices her purse on the chair and her skirt closed in the door. Mr. Foster ushers them out, but Judy believes that her father is having an affair. So after Judy and Oogie rehearse for the radio show, Judy confides in Carol her suspicions about her father. Um, not fully understanding the conversation, Carol accidentally reveals that she's in love with Steven. Judy opts not to be upset since she's done with men due to this entire, you know, father cheating situation. Uh, Carol suggested Judy to try making her father's home life nice and relaxing, but that doesn't seem to work that evening. So the next day, Mr. Pringle, uh, Mr. Pringle's butler goes to the soda fountain to gather information on Steven of and he's offended by this inquisition and storms into mr pringle's office and yells at him that that if he was more involved with his children's life he wouldn't need to be using his butler to um act as a gumshoe solve that mystery (laughs) yes solve that mystery i just imagine now that he's just screaming at a pringles can the whole
0: time (laughs) you're welcome i kind of had to
1: pause for that and just run that image through my mind of a a man screaming at an empty pringles can in an office that's empty okay (laughs) So this display of alpha male behavior wins Mr. Pringle over. Um, And then that evening, Mr. Pringle Pringle, uncharacteristically goes home and has dinner with his children, which confuses and concerns both Carol and (sighs) Oogie. (laughs) you know, when your distant father just suddenly starts paying attention. Hey, (laughs) yeah, that's weird. What's going on? (laughs) Um, so the next day is the big anniversary party. Uh, Carol and Judy spy on Mr. Foster and see him leaving his office with Rosita. Uh, Carol talks Judy out of confronting them until after the party. But during the party, Rosita performs a number, and she appears to make eyes at Mr. Foster. After her number, Carol and Judy confront her in her dressing room about running around with married men. Uh, Shocked, Rosita brings in her boyfriend, Xavier Cougat, and demands an explanation
2: uh, Mm -hmm. about
1: about him being married. Uh, this is when everyone realizes a huge mistake, and she explains that, Rosita explains, that she's been teaching Mr. Foster to rumba as a surprise. So, they return to the party where Oogie takes over band conducting duties and strong arms Judy to sing. During the song, they make up. Carol ends up with Steven, and everyone is happy. The Yay. end. All the mysteries were solved.
2: Huzzah!
1: <laughs> Oh my goodness, Kathleen! Tell me, I need to know. Do you have favorite looks? Do you want? Do you need highlights?
2: Ooh, it's hard to have. I don't have a like, gasp. Uh, well, okay, so all of Carmen Miranda's looks, Not obviously. Truly. And that's the thing is, it's very hard to have like a number one look because I feel like she's her own. Like she's she's her own thing. Yeah. Are there and any then,
1: MVPs like most valuable?
2: Well, okay, Cooler so thing. like like you mentioned earlier, that that wonderful reveal to the sequin number I with the, with the skirt, um, and you know with the black skirt, gorgeous, gorgeous platform shoes and the hat. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean so and 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 she just looks so she is the inspiration for, like, like the Three Caballeros, Disney, mm-hmm. pinup Up Girl, whatever. You know, yes, like, exactly. she's adorable. But then, I also really love um, Judy and Carol's looks. Like, they they definitely, both of them have absolutely beautiful gowns. Gowns, yeah. gowns, gowns. Gowns, um, gowns, and gowns. I think I, I think one of my standouts for Judy is I, I, uh, I kind of do love the white number with the with the blue ribbon that wraps around oh, her, yeah. that goes around her bodice and the her skirt. Her final
0: look. Yeah. Her
2: final look is... is kind of is pretty amazing and then that blue number that liz taylor wears in the beginning when she's like you don't want to wear the blue dress do you know, and i'm right? like she's because in- bitch look at her look Holy at her fire. look like, at her oh my God. yeah look but then of course her. but then judy shows up in pink and looks amazing too so i don't know i i like i love that sort of like they're kind of i guess that would be like 40s prom dresses mm-hmm, for yeah. uh you know rich white girls i don't know like in santa I barbara but you know, they were, like, beautiful, but it was more than just the dresses. It's, like, it's the hair, that beautiful, like, makeup that's just, like, doll face makeup. It's mm-hmm. so cute. The way they apply, like, the blush and the contouring and, and you know, and the, the distinctive look between, like... Um, like Judy and Carol, like, you know, uh, uh, uh Carol, uh, has more of like, she's got like the dark, like she's got more like eyeliner. looks like, it's all like emphasis on the eyes. She's got these yeah. like amazing dark eyes. Whereas like Judy, you know, it's, she's got blue eyes. Um, but she's got the lip. She's got that beautiful, like strong lip. That's very like, um, like, again, very cartoony looking, very kind of... She has, like, um, this cute, like, springy hair with, like, little tiny, like, springy tight curls. Yeah. And, like, she has that look, the look of the hair that I swear to God, like, growing up, it's, like... Uh, you know i knew women who had hair similar to hers and it's like you probably developed that look as a teenager and then had it all through the 50s 60s 70s and into the 80s you know what i mean like they always it's like they probably much like my grandmother who had never had probably had not washed her own hair since 1947 she just got her hair done every 10 days and it just would but it was always sort of a version of something they had in their youth and it would kind of like morph And maybe get a little more teased and a little more done. But it was sort of, that's still like those silhouettes. But anyway, I digress. But Mm -hmm. yeah, those would be, those yes, you did, girl. Um, But those would be my looks. (laughs) (laughs) Digression. Digression. (laughs) But I guess, I guess if I had a number one look, it would be that white dress with the wraparound ribbon, like the little blue ribbon wrapping around it, just because it was like whimsy first all the way. So yeah. And she looked adorable. Mm Mm-hmm. She's, um, like, precious without being disgusting. You know what I mean? Yes, like, she it's is, Yeah.
1: Yeah, she is precious, like, on um, borderline wootsy. So she's yeah. almost there.
2: Almost so. wootsy, but, like, you're, like, you're precious, but I don't hate you, if that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what about you? What are your looks? Um, uh, okay.
1: Some highlights. <laughs> okay. Here we go. First of all. We gotta give props to um, Carol's or Elizabeth Taylor's first look in the movie because it's that white kind of like suit with the oh with the uh, po- red polka dot kind of trim on the edges. Totally, where she has a nervous breakdown with the scarf, like it's yes, super cute, like I really, cute. Really <laughs> <horror>, <laughs>
2: really like, cute.
1: Love it. Um, another one that I have to give props to is um, Elizabeth Taylor's. Um, it's like a dressing gown that she wears in the scene where her yes, and Maggie are talking. Yes, but it's like pants, talking.
2: and it's like the stripe uh, yeah. one. And it's, oh is it open?
1: Is it open in the front? I can't remember. Was it's, it? A, it's like buttoned up, and it's like full. It's got like it's, it's all vertical pink, pink and white stripe. Yes. Is it open in the front? I can't. It remember. It looks like it's open
2: in the front, or maybe it's like giant pants. Like I could really tell. It could be tell.
1: Palazzo's. Either it looked way, It like huge
2: Palazzo's because it. She's kind of, and a couple times she's almost sitting where I'm like, are you showing leg? But no, she's mm. like wearing pants. But it's so a, amazing. I
1: posted a picture picture of it on the pinterest page and it's clear it's what it is is it's vertical striped and then they actually pleated the white out of it on the wrists and in the waist area it's like perfectly engineered so that it the pleats release at the at the where it needs to and then it becomes striped. but then it's opaque full pink on the midsection and on the um on the wrist it's a feat of engineering that if you know how to, if you know how to like do that with stripes, like God, good on you. you I do. do. Like, and I love that I mean, shit. <laughs> that shit is some serious, serious shit. Like that's some, that's some skills. Some well, skills. And, you know what Especially I love about too? Especially to go over too. curves like that. I'm like, Oh, for it. sure.
2: Well, and and you know what I love about the two? Because uh, again, like I, uh, This was made in nineteen forty. This is like such, so um, it's like, even though we're seeing like the silhouettes of the bigger skirts, we're still seeing the strong shoulder of the 40s. -hmm. So it's so obviously that like transitional post-war silhouette where like as you get into the 50s you the skirts are still like big but their mm-hmm. shoulder is not as strong like they're not using the shoulder to like hang everything off of but that outfit right there she still has like the strong shoulders which gives that like the bodice fits exquisitely on her yes. and she's again 6 Teen years old I but know. she's in a scene where she has to like handle grown up shit so she's like handling my shit in this outfit Exactly, <laughs> and I, I kind of love her for it so, so yeah So there's
1: that one that I wanted to that I wanted to point out and then there's also the one that she wears at the, the sexy dinner which is the one that's the um, when I think you're thinking of, which is the black, it's like a black top, and then the whole yes. skirt is all yes. ivy. But then mm-hmm. on the back of the, the back of the top, it has applique ivy leaves, and then mm-hmm. of course it's all been festooned with just beads, so it kind of like yes. softly glitters under the low light. And yep. I'm like, that's the one queen. I I remember. There's
2: like I probably is fairly iconic picture of her mm-hmm. like po- She's kind of posing, and where yes. she's kind of like cocked to one side a little bit, and that's what I always remembered. And it's like uh for years i was always like this is sort of like because i didn't really know of uh, elizabeth taylor like i didn't i'd not seen like because like i guess there was like blue velvet and stuff like that but to me like that was her i am like oh that's young elizabeth taylor yeah. she looks to me like a teenager yeah. you know but um but again like it's uh it's like i look at this stuff now especially and i'm like it's a teenager you're trying to pose as a woman And I can almost see in her eyes where she's like, I'm not ready yet. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of... It's hard, right? Like, don't you feel like sometimes when you see this stuff, you're like, ooh, no, no. But you look amazing, and I will... I will see this through. (laughs) Yes. And there's
1: one last one, the one last one that we haven't talked about, but like we love everything that Carmen Miranda wears, but I want Mm. to highlight one that she doesn't wear for very long, but it's during one of the, um, one of the scenes where she's teaching him how to rumba and she's wearing a, it's like a kind of like a blue number, like Mm -hmm. a blue Jersey wool number. With a hood and cowl, full Grace Jones, That's looking right. amazing. It's I have to find a photo of it so I can put it on the Pinterest she's page. She's like,
2: I'm coming incognito. Like, yes, she's like
1: <laughs> full. She's got her hair. It's like you can tell it's one of those things where she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get my hair done tomorrow. So I'm wearing this amazing cowl so you get something to look at. Okay. Like she looks... <laughs> so good and of course it's all eyes because you know oh that's my how God. Carmen Miranda's got those expressive eyes and she I does
2: can, though but they're like are blue so... aren't they like they're I green don't,
1: I do think they might be green, but she just has like her eyes are like so weirdly shaped because her irises meet the bottom of her eyes, but there's yes. white on the top of her. There's eyes. so much white. Like, the of her way eyes. that she like, yeah. way that she expresses her mouth is, I just love her so much. Like, I love I think her so much. I have much. like a crush on her. Like I want her to be, I want to like, I want her to be my little Barbie, and I want to like play with her and dress her all the time.
2: Like she's Um, so much fun. she's magic, and there's a she's reason why magic. she was a muse. And the day she died, the in her entire <sighs> country went into a national day of mourning. I okay. Can't Okay. even like the fact that oh, she died the is entire so, country okay so, like yes she's a vita <laughs> like it just
1: and like i, I, I can't have, for three days straight i was like gustella 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 gustella, gustella mm. i was singing it and ryan's like please stop <laughs> i was like i can't it's too good <laughs> uh she's
2: amazing she's she's uh, beautiful effervescent magic is real because karma I, miranda existed yes. at some point on this i'm in sorry
1: history there she was she was just a triple threat like she was a dancer a singer Seriously. and comedian like she was a comedian like she, yeah
2: and hot as she fuck has. she's adorable like yes. just adorable like what a package and like mm-hmm. mind you fireball. she wasn't she wasn't like tits and ass by any means no pure glamour i mean everything she's wearing is cut up to her neck You know what I mean? But gorgeous figure, you know, like, um, but just like you can tell she's, when she carries herself with such poise and pride and, and like, she's absolutely beautiful. It's like, no wonder people like, it's like, no wonder there's stupid rumors of her having cocaine in her shoes how could somebody be that fucking amazing and not have i know an issue right fuck you kenneth yeah. anger god damn it <laughs> i hate all of the things I don't you've care ever she said
1: was, I, I don't care if she was doing cocaine it's just she just had state yeah i'm not judging she she's like, amazing yeah. she was a star like you could tell just what and just the idea of seeing her live in person oh i'm my so god. jealous of anybody who got to see her live in a person because she just has stage presence like she really she, is yeah right? she's a star like that's the kind of people where you see on stage and you're just like oh my god that's a star
2: a star like, and just even. a true inspiration like mm-hmm. you can see it like as a one just i was like i can't I even say like as a woman just as a person like yeah. seeing somebody with like that sparkle and confidence and it's like you work hard you play hard this is how yep. you do it you know you dress good you do good you do a good thing and bam this is how it is don't snooze you know it's and i know like that awesome. it's like
1: I know that this isn't a Carmen Miranda movie. Uh, but unquote, we'll, we'll but make it so. Make but it so. it's for me, it is. Clearly yeah, it, it's
2: please. It's called it, Carmen Miranda saves the day. That's what I it should know. have it's been. It was like the A storyline
1: for me was not as good as the B storyline. Yeah, line. I was just like, tell more, more of that, more dancing, more, more, more rumba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so cute. Oh my goodness! I could just go wax on poetic more and more about her.
2: Uh, Well, I'm I'm so glad we we watched this movie. You guys, thank you so much for like taking this movie for you know like I never would have known about it or like I feel like I would have probably and even looking at the movie poster, I would have seen this and gone, Nah, I don't know. I don't know. Like it just like oh, it's just another thing that they made, but like you know that MGM did. But man. The craftsmanship of yeah. the craftsmanship of these movies were just amazing. I mean, amazing. it's a
1: cu- it's a cutesy little rom com, but they really put some effort into it. They didn't phone. This oh one my
2: in. god, they, they did, did not. not. No, it, no expense was spared at making sure that again everyone the women look radiant and i'm saying also judy's mom who oh yeah ag- she was she great I, lo- I actually really loved Again, her shout out to the older actors we always yeah. have to say that because you know we talk about like the ingenues or the stars but a lot of times these supporting character actors of the moms or the grandmas yeah. or whatever have some looks and they carry them like they carry that movie and they're really really great and so um i thought they were fantastic and looked amazing get men's suits so good and we've ex- we talked yeah. about this before like how the older men look like their suits are reminiscent of a, another time they uh-huh. look like they're almost like they have this sort of flair from like the teens and 20s when probably they were like younger men you know like yeah they're not gonna look like the double-breasted suits of the teenagers that was the teenager look which is crazy I know, no they're right? the ones in the they're the ones in the three-piece suits with the vests and the yeah. and the pocket watches those old funny duddies even yeah. it looks I great, actually you know? really
1: enjoyed Wallace Beery's and um so the fo- the foster parents on um, Wallace oh, yeah. Beery and Selena Royal. I think they had like a really cute like their dynamic between them and their like their the way that they I acted them. off each other it was actually really compelling and really, like, cute. really believable the way that they were just like you know the one-liners that they would have with each other and their little in jokes it was actually really kind of it was really believable and cute i
2: know i thought they were really great that time when they're like sitting in the window together and they're like go like just like they're watching the whole thing that's the kind of stuff is like that's been repeated so many times in like movies and tv and it's just fun to see those kind of things and i it kind of reminds me a little bit too of um like uh and meet me in St. Louis with Mary Astor and the guy who actually plays Liz Taylor's dad. You know, mm-hmm. they were this really great couple too, like the the mom and the dad. They had this great rapport um, and some great looks and great mm-hmm. hair. So yeah, it just, yeah. it's just it's. But this is, these are all from that era, you know, and and they just did a great job. So. Uh, We'll definitely watch this again, and uh, loved it. Mm -hmm. Really loved it. Robert Stack. Hey,
1: (laughs) Robert. And on that, Robert Stack.
2: (laughs) Maybe you could solve a mystery. (laughs) I wanted to so bad.
1: (laughs) There's still time.
2: I know. (laughs) I hope that's one of my life goals. If I can. Did you check to see if that number
1: is still valid?
2: (laughs) No. (laughs) Please, it's not.
1: I'll we'll give you something to do this weekend. <laughs> uh, Thanks, because I don't have
2: anything to do this weekend whatsoever.
1: Except, except for tracking down the unsolved my mystery's phone number and calling it. <laughs> Look, it's called Ghouls, Kathleen. I know.
0: New why. Year, new you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, God. with
1: that, everybody, guys and ghouls, um, ladies and gents, we want to say thank you for listening. Um, I do want to invite everybody to join our Facebook group OHR Podcast Darlings, Dahlings D A H L I N G S over on Facebook. We're doing a lot of interaction with the uh, um, other listeners, and people mm-hmm. have been posting their favorite movies, asking questions, um, conver- you know, having full-on conversations without us. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. Yeah, Glad to bring people together. Um, you can also follow us over on social media old hollywood realness on facebook ohr podcast on twitter old hollywood realness on instagram um you can go over and give us a five-star review over on itunes because that really helps us out with the um with getting the podcast seen by other people yes please um, thank you (laughs) yeah uh bryce carson actually gave (laughs) us a five-star review Bryce asks, how could you not love this? Truly an awesome old Hollywood podcast. They tackle some of my all-time favorite movies and some I've never seen. Their descriptions alone are enough to make me think I've seen the movie 10 times over. OHR allows me to look at classics with a fresh perspective. Aw, thanks, Bryce. Woohoo! That's so awesome. Our people! Yeah, so five stars <laughs> over on iTunes. Um, and then, you know, tell your friends, stop people in the streets, tell them about the podcast. It'd be great. Um, yeah. Thanks to Mr. Hal Lublin for his dulcet tones at the beginning of the podcast, (laughs) keeping us sounding silvery soft. Um, So
2: classy.
1: uh, So classy. So classy. (laughs) And with that, thanks for listening to OHR. Cha-cha-cha. Bye. (laughs)
2: Test, test, beep, boop. Test, test, beep, boop. Boop, boop, beep, boop. (laughs)